Well, in the immortal words of Hall of Fame catcher Yogi Berra, it ain't over till it's over. And if you aren't a fan of Yogi Berra, you probably don't know all of the, the wonderful sayings that he had. Expressions that, well, they made a lot more sense when you thought about them than when you first hear them. And this is definitely one of those famous sayings and how true it is that it ain't over till it's over. Now, he was talking about a ball game. Particularly, he was talking about a pennant race. But it's very true of life. It's very true of our physical life as well as our spiritual life. That it ain't over till it's over. And the Rainbow Church of Christ has been meeting here since 1956. That's, that's a long time for a congregation to continue to worship and work in one place. And what an amazing history that this congregation truly has. A history of reaching out to the community. A history of reaching out to the world with the cause of Christ. With one focus, one mission, and man, what a mission it is. You know though, the problem with having a rich history is it's easy to get caught up in your past. It's easy to get so caught up in past successes and past memories that you begin to become a little bit comfortable and complacent in your present. You see, it's easy to, to sit around, whether you're on a successful ball team who's won tons of championships, or you're a part of a congregation that's accomplished a lot of good, it's easy to sit around and get lost in what has been and forget about what you're supposed to be doing now. So you see, church, I, I tell you this morning, it ain't over till it's over. There is no retirement for the child of God's. There is no use to do for the child of God's. I went back this past week, I pulled out an OVHS tape of my papa preaching from about 15 years ago. And as I was watching his sermon, one of the key points he made that really launched out to me is he pointed out in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 how it says, and you know this verse very well, be thou faithful unto death and you'll receive that great crown of life. Unto means up until the point of. And then my papa in all his wisdom and years of experience went on to say, Whenever I hear someone tell me what they used to do in the church, I tell them they need to repent. I tell them they need to repent because there's no use to in the church. That if you want to be faithful, it's up until death. In other words, Rainbow, it ain't over until it's over. And if you're sitting here this morning or you're watching online, I tell you a very simple truth. It ain't over yet. We still have so much good to do for the glory of God. Don't get so trapped in our past that we forget about the good we need to be doing in the present so that we can celebrate it in the future. Now with that in mind, let's go to our text in Acts chapter 3. I'd encourage you to go there with me this morning. In Acts 3, I'm going to begin reading there in verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. 
And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. That is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them. And walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of worship asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to them. Now we saw just last Sunday in Acts chapter 2 how lives how lives can be changed, even lives when you don't know what else to do or what to do next because you've created such a mess for yourself. We saw how, how powerful a sermon can be in bringing about great change in people's lives. But here we see that change, needed change, can also come as a result of good works. And we need both. We need both in this life. Some people will come to God because it is true, there is power. There is power here in the Word of God. Some will hear a sermon. Some will hear a Bible class. They will be convicted by the very Word of God and their heart will begin to change. They want to change their life as a result of the Word of God. The Word of God is a very powerful thing. But many others, many others will come to the Lord because of the kindness or the compassion that a child of God's shows them. You see, it's so important that the two are working hand in hand, one with another. Here we see Peter and John. They're hanging out there in the community. They're talking with people. They're around the temple. And as they prepare to go into the temple, they see someone who is in need. And they take the time... And that's all that it usually takes is a little bit of time. They take the time to meet that need. I don't know if in our world, sound biblical teaching has ever been needed as much as it's needed right now. But again, hand in hand with that sound biblical teaching must be all of us working together to reach people through love and through compassion through mercy, through taking the opportunities that God puts in front of each of us every day to simply meet the need of someone that we run across. But a lot of times, probably too often, we don't meet the needs of people as they come our way. And why is that? I think the first reason is that we're simply too busy. Were Peter and John busy? Absolutely. I mean, you talk about overnight, they had gone from leading a group of roughly 120 believers to well over 3,000 believers. I can only imagine how long their to-do list must have been. How many things that they must have had going on. Not only that, where were they headed? They were going to the temple to pray. 
I mean, surely if there's ever been a valid reason to not stop and meet someone's needs, it's this. Hey, y'all, church is about to start. (laughs) I mean, that's surely going to take precedent over slowing down and meeting this person's need. No. You see, Peter and John, they had walked with Jesus for the last three years. And there's no telling. No telling how many times they watched Jesus rearrange His daily schedule to stop and to meet the needs of someone that they ran across. I wonder, I wonder if we're good with daily interruptions. I would dare say that most of us are not. I would dare say that most of us, because our day is so filled with so many different activities from beginning to end, that even like a a 10-minute interruption, it can really throw our whole day off. It can really throw our whole mood off. I mean, everything about that day can just go into like a tailspin because we weren't prepared to, to stop. We weren't prepared to what? To be interrupted. So, if anything, maybe this account from the life of Peter and John here in the book of Acts maybe what it should remind us of is that opportunities to help people, opportunities to show that that love and compassion of Christ, they don't come at convenient times. They usually come at very inconvenient times in our life. But man, what a powerful message that it can send when we slow down enough to show the love and the kindness that's been shown to us. Maybe, maybe it would be good for many of us to build into our, our daily schedule, I don't know, time. Time to, to meet the needs of others. So that when those opportunities do come, it doesn't seem like interruptions. But rather we find ourselves looking for opportunities to do good for others as opposed as opposed to avoiding those opportunities. As opposed to running from them in the name of I'm already too busy. I've already got too much going on. My plate's already so full that there's no way that I have any more time to even do this. Sometimes it's not just a matter of being too busy. Sometimes we're just frankly too familiar. I'm sure that a lot of very good-hearted, godly people walked right by that man. They'd seen him day after day. For years. Every time they had had approached the temple, if there was anything that was a, a constant, it would have been his presence. He was always there. If you would have been one of those, or if I would have been one, I'm sure the first time we would have seen him, our hearts would have really hurt. And and maybe we would have been so convicted that we would have almost gotten annoyed and angry. Like, why hasn't anyone done anything to help this man? And, And maybe it even pushes us to the point of like wanting to do something right then to try to make it all better. But then we keep coming back day after day after day after day. And and after a while, he's still there. And after a while, we just kind of become numb. 
We don't notice it like we used to notice. I wonder how many people just in our daily life that we become numb to because we just see them so often. You know, they, they say that in the world there are around 4 billion lonely people right now. Can you imagine? 4 billion people. And I, I can only imagine that this last year has, has amplified that and has made that so much worse as, as so many have needed to be in isolation. I wonder how many of us, we know someone, we know someone who's feeling disconnected, we know someone who's feeling lonely, we know someone who's, who's not as a part of things as they once were, but but we kind of grow numb to it. We see it every day. We, we constantly see those who are disconnected. And after a while, it just doesn't prick us. It doesn't convict us the way that it once did. And you know, and it doesn't take huge acts of kindness. You know, sometimes all it really takes is a simple text message or a phone call or maybe a card in the mail. I found the mail still runs. <laughs> and it may take something as simple as that to really brighten the day of someone who feels very lonely, very disheartened, very disconnected. You see, sometimes we just, we're just too familiar. Other times we're just plain unobservant. <laughs> And I mean, we just don't see it. We don't see what's happening around us. But Peter and John, they took the time to look. They took the time to slow down enough to look at this man, to look at his situation, to see him for who he was and what was going on in his world. Now, what we tend to do, at least what I do, I, I, it's so easy sometimes because life is so busy you look, but it's just kind of like a quick glance, you know? Because you got a lot of other things going on in life, and so you just kind of look over real quickly, and, and that quick glance, all that really does is make you think, I guess everything's fine. They look fine. Seems all right. And we just keep going. But if we'll slow down, and that's what it really takes, if we'll slow down enough to actually start to see people and to see what people are going through and what they're experiencing. And we begin to look a little bit deeper. Then we notice that maybe this person who is really struggling with like a low self-esteem, they could really use a positive, encouraging word from us today. It may make their whole day better and brighter just by one simple phrase of encouragement. Or, or maybe, maybe it's that single mom who, you know what, man, just a simple gift card to Walmart could really help her keep her head above water while she's trying to make ends meet before the next paycheck. Or, or maybe, maybe it's someone who's trying to take care of an elderly parent. And, and maybe for them, they just... They really need somebody to let them know how much they are appreciated 
for what they're trying to do. You see, there there are just so many needs that people have in their life that go unmet because we don't always slow down long enough to see them. We don't really slow down enough to know what's going on in a, in a person's life, in a person's mind. Now sometimes, there's going to be needs that we cannot meet. This man was asking for alms. He wanted money. Peter and John had no money. Now, I know you're probably thinking, yeah, right. No, they didn't. Remember? They had left behind their livelihood. They had left their jobs to follow Jesus. And so, they didn't have change rattling around their pockets like we might have. And so here when this man asked for money, so you know, I don't have any money, but I, I tell you what I can give you. I can give you something even better than money. I can give you something that you need more than money. And what is it that they do? They introduce this man to the power of Jesus. And man, you talk about a life-changing moment. That in this moment, this man who has been crippled his entire life, this man who's been sitting at this gate called beautiful week after week after week after week, unable to provide for himself, unable to move around like everybody else moves around. And in this moment, in this moment, his ankles are strengthened. And I love how it's recorded here that that as he helps him up to his feet, he leaps. Boy, he is jumping. He is happy. He is going into the temple to worship God. He is praising the Lord. Because he knows. He knows Peter and John didn't do that for him. That, That is a gift that is only from above. And what an amazing gift that is. Now listen, we, we don't have the power to make someone stand up and walk. And truth be told, through the years I've discovered there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things I wish I had the power to do, but I don't have the power to do. I can't heal a drug addict. But Jesus can. I can't fix a broken marriage for people. But Jesus can. I can't completely comfort someone who is grieving a loss. But Jesus can. I can't save anybody's soul from hell. But Jesus can. Do you see you see why it's so important here for us to make sure that we're giving them that what they need the most. Like I said there are plenty of times we can't meet a specific need, but we can always give them what they need the most and they need Jesus. We all need Jesus. And we should be able to share him freely with the world around us and even as we help people meet needs. And you know what? There's going to be times. There's going to be times where people are appreciative and and they're going to want to thank us and and show their gratitude for us meeting some need, even if it's a small need. Please. 
please, church, make sure that in those moments, all the glory goes to God. That it's not about anything we do. It's not about any, any need that we meet. But all the glory should go above. All the glory should go to God. You see, and, and that's what we're about to see happen as this particular account draws to a close. Picking up now in verse 11 of Acts chapter 3. When he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called, called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? And if you go down to verse 16, it says, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Don't you know, this man's life was forever changed. But it wasn't this man alone. It was all of those who were there that day who witnessed this great event. They were astounded at what they were seeing. And what was the first thing Peter did? Thank y'all. Really appreciate all the good words. No, Peter said, don't look at us. We didn't do it. It was by Jesus. It was through Jesus that this was done. And man, how that must have changed, changed their life. Any time a good is done, any time a need is met, may we always give glory to our God. May we always give Him all the glory for whatever the good is that's done in this life. Rainbow, always remember, always remember that we are nobodies who have the opportunity to tell everybody about somebody who can heal and save anybody. That's who we are. And as we live our life, we are not the centerpiece of our life. We are not the sun and, and, and all the world around us should be rotating around us in our every whim and wish and desire because we are king of our world. No. There's only one king and He doesn't share a throne with us. There is our King Jesus. And He should be the very focal point, the center point of our life. And as we go about this life doing good for others, May God always, always be glorified. Take this week. Take this week to, to make up your mind to look for a good. To look for an opportunity to meet a need in someone's life. Now, now think about it just a moment. What if all of us in here, and everyone watching online, what if everyone took this challenge to heart? And we left this place today determined that over the course of this next week, before we all assemble back together next Lord's Day, Lord willing, that we are going to see a need and meet a need. That we're going to see someone in this life 
that we can help meet their needs. And we're going to make sure, we're going to make sure that as we share some good deed, that we share Jesus with them as well. And we're going to make sure that God is glorified in it, not us. And then imagine, I mean, next week would be a pretty awesome week, but what if we all committed to doing it for the next year? Could you imagine the good that could be done in this community? Could you imagine the the impact that our Christian lives could make on the lives of so many if we would simply all commit ourselves to meeting the need of someone every week for the next year? That to happen, we can't be so self-absorbed. For that to happen, we can't be so focused internally. For that to happen, we can't be always worried about ourselves. We look outwardly. We look to the opportunities to meet those needs so that God can be glorified. We worry about the state of our world, but so often we do nothing to improve it. This would be an opportunity to improve it. This would be an opportunity to not only talk a talk, but walk a walk. Will you leave here committed to meeting needs of people, sharing Jesus with them, and making sure God, that God is glorified in everything. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you have needs in your own life. Maybe you've never given your life to God. Maybe you've never obeyed the gospel of Christ and been baptized. The water's ready this morning if you are. Or maybe as a child of God's, maybe you have some other need in your life. And your need right now is for your church family to go before the throne of God on your behalf. I want you to know we would be honored to meet that need. Or maybe there's some, maybe you're visiting with us, maybe there's some physical need in your life that you could use help with today. If we can help you in any way to help meet some need in your life, won't you come as we stand and sing?